This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Step up to NSX-inspired superhandling all-wheel drive at the Acura MDX. Lease rates start from just 0.9% for 24 months, plus get $3,000 in holiday credits. Offers end January 2nd. Visit AcuraGTA.ca or your local Acura dealer. Acura. Precision. Crafted. Performance. The weather for the GTA, mainly sunny, a high minus 15 today. For New Year's Eve, a low minus 22 overnight with a wind chill of minus 30. Tomorrow, increasing cloudiness in the morning, a high minus 9 for New Year's Day with a wind chill of minus 28. Right now, minus 17, wind chill minus 23. We'll have news next at 2 on Zoomer Radio. The following is a paid program. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it as we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. And good afternoon. We are live, for real live, this New Year's Eve. And our phone lines are open. If you have a rare or interesting item that you'd like Paul Kenny and his son Bogart Kenny to learn about and tell you about its real-time market value, maybe it's an old heirloom or collectible, you can call right now. Our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's toll-free. Call 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart Kenny have found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff. You know them from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures, of course, as well as this show, Consignment Heroes. They deal in gold, silver, fine china, figurines, sports, cards and collectibles, memorabilia, antiques, all sorts, different you know, radios, TVs, record players, jewelry, vintage toys. Anything you have that might be old, you think it could have some value, you can call in right now for a free assessment. Again, that number, 416-360-0740. Paul and Bogart, how you doing? What kind of week was it? Cold. Very, (laughs) very cold. Everyone I paid this week, I paid in cold cash because I had no other choice. Busy, though, over the holidays or no? Uh, my staff was busy. I was sick. I, I come, come down with the flu for a couple of days. And, uh, it's like you want to make God laugh, you just tell me your plans. I had all sorts of plans for this week, and uh, I didn't get to, I got about half of them done. But I want to start off, actually, everyone knows I've been doing this thing with these uh, CDs, and, and we've been actually, because of this radio show, I have been extremely, extremely busy. Both Bogart and I have been extremely busy. I actually have to hire, I'd like to hire some people who would want to work work at home uh, with listing some stuff. They have to have, just have a computer, and they can call me at my store. At, so this is an employment pitch. Right this is an employment. Right off the top of the show, you know, an employment pitch. Well, no, because everyone spent money. 
Now they they know what hot they got know what their Christmas bills are coming in, and they say, "How am I going to pay for all this stuff?" And Paul and Ken, Paul and Bogart, the consignment heroes, are coming to the You're rescue. You're consigning people. No, I'm That's not consigning people. No, you can't do that anymore. On. Uh, I want to have it so that I can hire some people if they want to work part-time, they work at their own leisure, they can work at home and for listing CDs. And they can call me at my store, 905-737-4653. It's easy work. Um, we make it very simple and just some you get paid. And it's something I know there's listeners out there say, I'd like to make a little bit more money to pay for all that, that goodness and cheer that I distributed during uh, – uh, the Christmas season. So I'm putting Yeah, you I'm want overspenders. You want desperate overspenders looking to settle visa debt. The story, when you say the story of the CDs, what, what, what was it? You bought, like, was it 10 HMVs or something like that? You no, no, like no. a million CDs or something like that. I bought a lot. I bought a lot. And uh, I did someone a favor, and it ended up being a lot more work than I thought. Uh, my staff looked at, I mean, if you wanted, when I walked in the first time, and you, I had three members of my staff with eyes the size of saucers and said, you did what? And not only that, it's where to put them, but list. We the only way to sell them is to list them individually, one by one by one, and it takes oh my work. Goodness. Oh so my um, goodness. we've been uh, we've listed two thousand, um, but we have many many thousands to go. Is the best way to put it. And in, <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished. So now I'm, you know, it's like you're halfway into a tunnel. You can't turn back, and you have to go forward. Why? You can turn back. No, it's, it's the trip back, which is just as bad. So I paid for the CDs, and now I've got to try and get my money back. So it's, it's an opportunity for someone, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. And if they're up in the Richmond Hill area or in the Toronto area, uh, something they can do at home, I'm, we make it very easy. That's the best way to do it. We have a n- nice little plan there, and if so, they'll be helping me, and I'll be helping them. That's a win-win situation. But, and you're willing to pay new minimum wage prices as of tomorrow? Yes, yes. No, no. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Bogart has to get a raise then. <laughs> what? Right? Minimum wage. Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, Bogart, you're getting a raise tomorrow. Uh, okay. Hey, so listen, we were talking before the holidays. You were saying that uh, if I said were people net buyers or sellers of collectibles and antiques, you said you thought they were net sellers. A lot of people were selling a lot of stuff, le- stuff leaving up uh, to Christmas. What, is that ended up where do you think if you did all the checks and balances, were more people buying or selling their gold or vintage jewelry? How there, would you explain? We sold some nice items. Uh, but people were selling. In the beginning, they were selling. And now, even now, the bills are coming in. We were buying yesterday again. Um, and I don't know if that's because we pay the most or they've gone somewhere else. They've gotten their other quotes. And, and I, I ran into a person this week who went and sold some stuff at one of those uh, uh, road shows that go to the hotels. I paid him more for what they rejected than what he got paid for this good stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... He just said, you're paying me for this. They said that was worth nothing. I says, no, this is worth this, this, and this. And, the guy, and you know, this is what I'm saying, that they, you have to get two quotes. And I, I say this every week. I, almost, I think I'm going to get a T-shirt that says, get two quotes. Get two appraisals. If you're buying something or selling something, get two quotes. If, if nothing else comes out of this show, I hope people learn that, not to go to the first place. And I don't take offense. If someone comes into my place and says, Paul... I got your quote. I think it's fair, but I want to go somewhere else and see how fair it is. I'm okay with that. Anytime you go into a place and they don't want you to leave because they say they're the best, they're the biggest, they're this, let them prove it. Let 
that that's the way you, you, you got to let them go out and get the second quote. And if they come back, they should take the higher one. And hopefully that's me. And that's why I want people to learn to get two quotes all the time like this. And even when you're buying, you're buying gold and silver. We sell our silver for literally 75 cents to a dollar less per ounce than my neighbor. And people still buy there because it's a great big store and they like buying with the big, you know, uh, the, the gated community or whatever it is, the, the power doors. And you got to take off your sunglasses and take off your hat. <laughs> yeah, we get we can. You know yes, what I'm saying? And intense security, yes. Intense security. Uh, we have an unfair advantage over my neighbor. I don't have uh, his costs. I don't have all that stuff. I don't uh, – I have security, yes, but I don't have like armed guards and stuff like this. And, and we pass those savings on to the customer. And it, I mean if you're buying a piece of silver, a piece of silver by the Royal Canadian Mint is a piece of silver. It is not worth more because you paid more for it. It's worth what it is around the world. It is a store of money. And like I say, I brought my, one of my favorite props in. Before we get to that, let me just let everyone know that we are live. You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. Our phone lines are open. If you have a rare or interesting item, maybe a gold collection, a silver collection, jewelry, maybe it's old antique furniture, anything that you are thinking, maybe it's time to move on with it, maybe it's time to throw it out, uh, or maybe it's time to sell it or give it to somebody for a second life. If you want to know what the actual value of some of those rarer items are, especially things like heirlooms, where you're not quite sure where it came from, you're not quite sure about its value, you can call this show. Paul Kenny is a certified expert on identifying rare and obscure items and putting great values on and understanding the markets of these collectors and the actual value of these items in the exchange today. So you can give us a call, whether it's a, an old uh, shoe polish rack that's sitting in your basement for 30 or 40 years or, or fine china. You can give us a call right now, 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's toll-free. Give us a call, 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. Sorry to interrupt, but no. we have to get these numbers out to the people. I know, I know. But here's one of my favorite props. You know how we're on? People can live stream us, and they can actually see this. I'm holding my hand right now. It's not good if you're on the radio. A 100-ounce bar of silver, one of my favorite mm. props I bring in the show. It just feels good. But we're selling those these right now are $2,240. Now, the guy who's charging you $2,500, it's, it's the same bar of silver. And when you go to sell it, you're not going to get more because you paid more. You're going to get the price of that day. But here's a 100-ounce bar of silver, and people should be buying these. I'm not, often, I'm not a financial expert, and every day I'm reminded why I shouldn't be one. But I'm going to predict that I think silver at the end of this year will be higher than it is now in Canadian funds. But they should be buying... Uh, silver bars, and if they've got silver cutlery and stuff like that, they should be, t if they want to even keep it as silver, you can bring your silver in. We melt, we'll melt it down, give your value in, and you can take it back in cash, or you can take it back in silver, or you can take it back in gold. We're not, we're, we, we try and be accommodating. We try and help make people make the best decisions. But So you're saying someone can come in with their uh, antique jukebox they're not using anymore and they can leave with gold or silver in hand rather than be paid out in cash? Yes. I guess it would still have to be exchanged, but yeah. Yeah, it has to be exchanged, but that's just, uh, it's a barter then. There's less tax involved, I think. You know, but this is, uh, you know, what, what day is it? Today is New Year's Eve's day. New yeah, Year's New, New Year's Eve. 
New Year's Eve. Okay. okay. So this is when people are starting to make resolutions. And people are going to make resolutions about cleaning up the basement, uh, selling you know, their collectibles. Someone's going to be has a 300 cookie jar collectible uh, collection that they have to get rid of. They, they, time now is to start making decisions. If you're going to make a decision now uh, to get rid of it, let us help you dispose of this. Where would you put 300 cookie jars? Uh, basement. Basement. Uh, there you go. Now you're in someone else's basement with the cookie jars. No, but the basement's where the best stuff is. But on uh, people have collections like that. People have. They've like. I know it's hard to get rid of these lifetime collections, but sometimes you gotta say, "My kids don't want it." Like if I well, was. The- yeah, and I, I was going to say on that point, it's oh, it's always interesting to hear how people are. You know, when they have a like you always joke about the guy you know with an extensive spark plug collection. Yes, but the odds of that guy having children or grandchildren who are as uh, passionate about such an obscure collector's set is is very rare. So I know you've you've talked about this in private with me. You say there's a lot of people that have really extensive collections of and really interesting stuff, but they know that their kids and grandchildren will they want nothing to do with it. They'll probably no. store it in their basement to be nice for a couple of decades, but ultimately they don't want anything to do with it. Wouldn't you rather liquidate it and give them cash, something that they can use, pay for education or whatever down payments for houses? That's some of the dilemmas that a lot of your clients face. Yeah, yeah, and even this this would be the time right now if you're making New York res, uh, New Year's resolution to find out what that paintings worth that uncle joe gave you you know what i mean like this is where we help we have i i'm actually guilty of this i once bought a painting for 500 dollars at a complete whim Uh, i was at a house called buying coffee can collectibles and advertising and a guy had one on the wall on the on the floor there his wife didn't like it because she didn't like the color blue i thought it was kind of cool hung it on my wall for probably a year or two it ended up being um painted by the same guy who did the Coca-Cola Santas. His name was Sonny Sunblum. And he did advertising art up here. And this is why this was up here. And it ended up being worth $15,000. I It would probably be on my wall today if my um, brother doesn't come in and says, why don't you just find out what that's worth? And he talks to my wife. My wife says, yes, I'll find out what it's worth. And I'm saying I like, kind of like it. She says, find out what it's worth. And I find out that we sold it for $15,000 to... Heirs of the Sunblum, some uh, oh, great they wanted to have it back in the family. Interesting. They wanted to have it back in the family. They're buying back their childhood. Um, I'm okay with that, but it's almost one of those things where I'm as guilty as the people I'm trying to tell out there. You have something on the wall, find out what it's worth, and then after you, then you do the balancing act. Would I rather have the item? Than the fifteen thousand, or to rather have the fifteen thousand than the item, or it could be four. yeah, yeah. Do you and want this painting, or three vacations to Jamaica next year, or yeah. whatever it's going to turn into? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our phone number is four one six three six zero zero seven forty. We're gonna have to start answering some of these calls now. Okay. Margaret from Aaron is our first caller. Margaret, how are you? Hello, how are you? Uh, not bad. And what do you have? I have a several collection of oil lamps. And I've been listening, but I haven't heard you talk about oil lamps at all. Oh, okay. Oil lamps are very, very collectible. Everyone had them in 1900 before we had electric lamps, and everyone had the barn lamps and stuff like that, and the glass lamps were very collectible in the 1970s and 80s. Many books were written about them, and they came in many different styles, up to thousands of dollars. They are not as collectible today, and there are some large collections coming on the market. But this is a classic case of where we say that we buy from Toronto and we sell to the world. 
To get your money out of a collection of oil lamps, you're going to need some time, and the idea is to sell to the world because if you put them into an auction, and uh, like a live auction, um, it's not you're not going to get very good money for it because you might have three or four people in the room who already have those lamps, even though they have value. A lamp can be worth $550, the going price on a lamp. Just say I'm going to say a, an aqua blue uh, uh, Westminster or something like that. And it's, it's, uh, it's worth $550, but they're only going to pay you $75 at the auction because there's two dealers at the auction and they know that they're not going to pay you. The idea with this is to use us and we sell to the world and we do it online. Okay, mm-hmm. and that for those your... listening, uh, sorry to interrupt, oh, Margaret. Yeah. What are the what are the brand names of your lamps? Are there some that are far more desirable? Obviously, they're dipped in gold or something like that. But is there no. brands that generally sell for more and less? I have three. Well, I have several different collections, but one of them is three Canadian drape, and okay. one is the tall Canadian drape, and then I have another one that's smaller. One's about a foot. One's about a foot and a half. And then I have a, a medium, um, one in the middle of those. So okay. three different sizes. Okay, this is a classic case then. We're, to get the money on these, you're going to use the ti- timing. Uh-huh. Uh, the best, design, best idea is to sell them to the world. Yes. And there will be people out there, as long as you're not rushed. If you have, say, Paul, do this in the next three days, then you're going to take less money. Yeah. Say, Paul, let's do this in the next three months. Let's do the best. use your influence here and see if we can get the most eyes on this as we can. And what do you suggest is the best way to sell it? And that will be the way. Because there are collectors of Canadian glass across the country. There are less of them because as you were a collector of these lamps, do you still collect them? No, no. Right? Because I have so many now that I don't want to have any more. You are mm. not alone in this club. <laughs> And this is no, this isn't something you come along. But there are people out there. If they know that they're available, you know, you might not get your full value or what you think or what you paid back then. Or in some case, you might say, "I only paid fifty for this lamp, and I'm getting four hundred. I'm very happy." Yes. But at least that way, we have we give you the choice. Uh, we say, um, "You're will you do?" Um, sorry, I didn't catch your name at the beginning. Margaret. Margaret. Margaret, do you want four hundred dollars for this lamp? And you'll say. Paul in New York second, send me the check. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yes, yes. I'm not, but I'm just saying this is how we help. And it, it, you're not alone. And there are other people who collect uh, lighters. There are people who collect the oil lamps. You remember the old, um, if you collected the lamps, you in those same booths you bought those, you, you would have seen the, crystal, uh, the press glass goblets. Oh, oh yes, yes. Remember yes. what they used to go for thousands of dollars. I know, I know. And you can't. You can have a rock throwing contest with them now. You know, there's not many people buying them. Throwing lamps? No, throwing glass. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, Margaret. Thank you for your phone call. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Our next caller is Heather, and she's calling from Fenland Falls. Heather, how are you? Fine, thank you. And what do you have? I have a small vase that was my grandmother's, and it's uh, green with uh, flowers dabbed on it. Looks like it's hand painted. And it says, made in occupied Japan. Yeah, we go mm. 1945 to 51. Um, was very collectible. Um, it was, like I said, we've gone over this a couple. This were the, uh, after World War II, people in the United States, the biggest market in the world, did not want to buy from their enemy. But when this, they would not buy something that said made in Japan. But once you put made in occupied Japan, then they knew that the U.S. were over there and the, U- and the American market would buy stuff. And this way, you happen to 
re- help rebuild Japan because the people were the people everywhere around the world. Some of those people didn't agree with the war. Um, the people over there, you had to bring them back to where they weren't going to be mad at everything. You know, they bring them back to what's the right word for this? Back to normalcy. Neutral, neutral, neutral. And so when you said occupy Japan, then then they could they could make the goods there. And they could sell. stomach the purchase, yeah. They could stomach the purchase. That's the way I'm saying. They could stomach the purchase. And after yeah. 51, Japan, uh, then it became Japan and everything was better and they just went on their merry way. And now we have Toyotas and Datsuns and all those other cars that come over from Japan. <laughs> Datsuns. <laughs> right, right. Datsuns been gone for a third. Yeah, okay. Nissan, Nissan. Okay, Is that yeah. a vacuum? Sorry, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Dadsons are highly collectible cars oh, now, but I, I think they've been defunct since like 1980. Anyway, uh, so what do you value this vase at? I'd have to see it. Now, how tall is it? Is it glass or is it china? Porcelain. I would say it's, it's like a porcelain. Okay. Like, And it's hand, it looks like it's hand-painted because of the colorings on it. Yeah. Um, it, would all, it was cheaper to do hand-painting than do decals. You know that? And that's no, why. Really? Yeah, no, that's a lot of time. We, we treated it in an antique dress. Oh, this was hand-painted. Well, it was hand-painted mm-hmm. because that was cheaper to have someone do it than actually buy a decal and put it on, which took yeah. a little bit more technical work. Yeah. On, um, unfortunately, most of the stuff after the war was not as good a quality as the stuff earlier, where the Japanese prided themselves more. and It was more turned out as fast as they could to get the cash in because they needed the money to build up the society again, okay? Mm-hmm. So, I'm a lot of it. 20, I'm not hearing a lot 20, of dollars. $20, $30. Okay, there it is. Sorry, okay, I'm sorry. But I'm just yeah. trying to say there's sometimes a reason for it. Now, it can be a particular, I have to see a picture of it, but it'd have to be stunning. Now, what happens, okay, I'm going to say this, with the Nippon stuff, what is very collectible on uh, the Japanese um, porcelain, you know the stuff that's deco-looking, where you have the deco girl and the oh, powder yeah. box. You know the little powder boxes where yeah. the lid is a, is a half doll and the bottom had a little, it was a, like a box? Yeah. Those are extremely collectible, even to this day. They can be several thousands of dollars, okay? Mm. Okay. So there are things that people have at home. Like I, I talk about this every so often that they don't think that old thing. They're, they're showing me a Royal Dalton, which is $30, and they have a deco powder box made in occupied Japan that's going to be worth uh, $2,500. You know, or mm-hmm. they'll show me a piece of costume. I'll say the ring box that this is in is a, is a Burke Sterling ring box and it's worth $75, you know, or $100. Yeah. Mm. And these are things in people's drawers and says, or that they don't need anymore, you know, and it doesn't have any value or it doesn't have, they don't even have a memory on it. Just, oh, that's a nice little box. A little, a, like a Sterling ring box of one inch by one inch by one inch. And you would have got your engagement ring in it. Okay. So, Heather, I hope you're not into this vase for too much. Or I guess because oh, of the no, price, no, it's it a vase. Oh, no, my grandmother's. Right? Oh, I see. These years. Uh, she died when she was 100, and I've kept it wow. beyond. And I just enjoy that. I enjoy it, so I have it out. But uh, I thought I'd phone because of it's just unusual, and the uh, finish on it has kind of... Send me a picture. Send me a picture. I won't give you a short shift on this. Send me a picture. But on the other hand, if you're going to hand it down, now you've got a great story to tell about yeah. it, Yeah, too. it's a cool piece of history for sure, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. No problem. 
Our next caller, and by the way, if you have a rare or interesting item or an old collection that you think is junk and you want it assessed by an expert, we have two experts in studio. They deal with other people's stuff all the time. You know them from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures, Paul Kenny and Bogart Kenny. You have live free access to them for the rest of this hour. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Our next caller is Mary. She's calling from Georgia. Gina and Mary, how are you? What do you have? Uh, hi, I have um, my uncle. It was my great great uncle was a sea captain, and he lived in Port Hope, Ontario. Okay. Uh, and he was actually a sea pilot. And what he would do is he would uh, just to give you some background. He would take a ship down the St. Lawrence to pilot the uh, ships coming into the St. Lawrence and down to the Great Lakes. Okay. So what I have is the steering wheel from his ship. The, That'd be the boat, cool. And it's. Um, it's sort of it's wood, and in the center of it, around the center, it's uh, brass. What's the name of the ship, though? I don't know the name of the ship. I could probably look it up if I looked them up on the uh, internet. Yeah, nautical nautical collectibles are very collectible. Oh and my goodness! Even, yeah. even the flags uh, from the ships, um, uh, the dishes, uh, CP line, and stuff like that. Anything from the, some of the. Lusitania or some of the old ones that went down as well. But something like this is always a little bit cooler. Uh, people will love to have this in their den. Uh, if it's the wheel and if it's an identifiable ship, um, you're talking usually brass inside. I would say you're talking 500 to to $1,000 just because there's not that many out there. And it's a case of more people want it than are willing to sell it. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. I was going to say that even no-name uh, ship wheels, you know, there's thousands and thousands of condos on Lake Ontario, and all of them have blank walls. They love this as a wall hanger, and you can believe they're not cheap to come by. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, who knows what you might get for it? But yeah, 500 to 1,000 all day. Whoa. Wow. Why? What's wrong with that? You wanted more? You are very greedy. No. Well, if you can find out what <laughs> ship it's off, and it had some interesting history, uh, yeah. you know, who knows how much. But uh, I think, uh, Paul, usually, uh, you know, from that era, if, if the ship is, uh, you know, a prominent ship, the name will be on the wheel sometimes. Well, it's not going to be that old, though, because the no, seaway no, wasn't that, yeah. open until 59. You know that yeah. we, I'm going to go over a little bit more history here. You know that we wanted to make that seaway open up to St. Lawrence about 1900. But the big trucking interest in the United States would not go and say yes, and they couldn't get approval in American con in American Congress for them to pay their half on it. It was only after Canada said it was going to do it by itself that this action they they were willing to accept the competition. They said, "Okay, we'll build the seaway." So mm. if he was a pilot, he was only a pilot from nineteen. I think it was opened in fifty nine by Queen Elizabeth. But it's almost where politics. We should have had a seaway in nineteen hundred. But like I say, the railways and the trucking lines in the United States couldn't stand the competition, and that's why we didn't have the seaway until 1959. Well, and the waterways are more romantic. No one's going to give you $1,000 for a 1973 steering wheel off a Mack truck, right? No. So it's about good looks, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're, you're listening to Consignment Heroes. We've got to take a quick break. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes. We are live in Liberty Village at the Zoomer Plex, taking your phone calls. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. Do you have something old and interesting lying around your house, maybe in your basement or garage? You're curious about its value. 
anything. Maybe it's an old oil can. Who knows? If you're curious about it and you've been lugging it around for years, uh, you can get f- phone in now to get a free assessment. Our number again, 416-360-0740. Our next caller is Frank. Frank's calling from Scarborough. And uh, what do you have, a piece of advertising? What is it? How are you, Frank? Hey, great. Thanks. Fantastic show. Um, Thank you. Yeah, we got this thing. I think it's around from 1940. It's advertising in a store, like be like a corner store. It's made by the Chiclet Fact uh, Company out of the States. Okay. It's a woman sitting on a settee, and she got these pillows behind her. And I think they, they got like a British bulldog on it. I think the premise was you buy the chiclets, you save the uh, pieces, and you mail it in, and you get this. It's like uh, during the war. Okay. And now, is it metal or wood or cardboard? It's a, I believe it's a wood frame. Okay. It's about three feet by two feet. Ooh, that's and a glass nice. Glass in front, and my we got it uh, downtown. Somebody, uh, my grandfather said, "Hey, I like that," and I gave it to him. It's been in the family since about 1940. My dad was in the states, and they had no clue about it. They didn't. <laughs> and I. It's, okay, now it's a chiclet sign. Now, so it's on glass with a wood frame. And backlit or just opaque glass painted? It looks, uh, I don't know, but it's, but it's very, very pretty. It's like a, well, it looks like a, I don't know, a lithograph or... Okay. Yeah, you're going to want professional eyes on that, because who like the artist s- was, all of that stuff matters from that era. Yeah, but anything, I'm going to say, fi- even blank, is if it's in good shape, $500 without even thinking. And after that, we'll just it, the price is going to go up. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I figured, too. Oh, yeah, no, I'd love to see this. Um, and sometimes they would do individual signs. That's why you can't find out. Sometimes they're mass-produced. For Coca-Cola, would make them for everywhere. Chicklets was a big company, but up here in Canada, we are lucky that sometimes we were a small, we we're a big market, but we we're a small market. And they would have a local advertising company come up here, and they would send them up mock-ups to here, do something like this, and make it conform to the Canadian laws. Mm. And um, we get lucky that way. Some of the, like I say, some of the Pepsi signs are worth money because they're in French. People collect them because they're different. Um, That's right. The chiclets, chiclets is still, I mean, the gum. Have you looked in the stores now and look what a pack of gum looks like? They don't look like anything. I'm going to say, Fred, we know when we used to buy gum. It was like a little long little tube, and you knew what gum was. Now I look, I don't know which one's gum and which one's whatever it is on these candy racks. But... On the chicklets. Really? Yes, I'm that dumb. Sorry. <laughs> Bogart, he thinks Dotson's still around. Okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> give, give you something about the 1930s, yeah, you'll know it, but like when you got to go buy gum? Oh, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, something like this, people want to get return to those times, and if you have a nice sign like this, I'd love to see it or send me a picture. I'll either take it myself or I'll find a home for it. So, Frank, lots of interest, potentially a high-value piece that you have there. So for those listening that maybe don't know, uh, uh, Paul and Bogart have a store in Richmond Hill. It's right on Young Street. The address is 10,341 Young Street. That's just north of Major McKenzie on Young Street in Richmond Hill. I'm sure they'd love to see you show up there with this piece sometime this week. It would be wonderful. Thank you for your phone call. Thank you. Our next caller is Suzanne. She's calling from Mississauga. She has an oil painting. From somewhere in the 1930s, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good. What do you have? It's a painting that's 23 by 30. It's probably still in its original frame. And at the bottom, the painter had written 1930. It's titled Home. And the painter is probably S.C. Daisy or Gazy. It's hard to read. The picture is an old-style farmhouse. 
Okay, I'd have to see it now because if it's hard for you to read, it's hard for me to decipher what you think you're reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd have to see. Maybe I could recognize the style. But we have an art expert who comes in once a week who helps mm-hmm. me through when I have my problems mm-hmm. because I can't. As I say, sometimes I don't know everything, but I know people who know everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And uh, if I see it, and if it's is it an oil or is it a lithograph? No, no, it's an oil. Okay, now, as I tell people this, and what I tell them, a little telltale sign is you use a magnifying glass. If you see little dots, mm-hmm. that means it's a print. Mm-hmm. If you can see the brush strokes, then it's an oil. And mm-hmm. sometimes that, it comes down to that, because I've had people travel 50 miles with what they thought was a really good painting, and I said, and I wish I'd said, no, this is a print, and this mm-hmm. is how you can tell in advance. And I'm just trying to help people along even before they come in and see me. If you see mm-hmm. the little dots... Even though it's a famous uh, guy, it might be uh, just a print of his. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'd like to so see it. So we're not it. sure. You need a closer eye yeah. on it. So either you can s- take a photo of it with your phone mm-hmm. and some close-ups of that signature that we can't quite make out and send it to sales at torontogoldsilver.com. Mm-hmm. That's sales at torontogoldsilver.com. Or you can make the drive. I mean, you're just in Mississauga. It's not mm-hmm. that far away. And then okay. you'll have expert eyes on it in person and probably get you a quick answer on it. Okay. Um, I need Our a picture color. of the back as well, though, Ben. I need a picture of the front and the back. This is weird. But on paintings, the gallery it came out of can actually help me figure out where it's uh, who did it as well. If it's from a oh, top-notch gallery, yeah, if it's from a top-notch gallery, they'll only handle certain painters. They're not going to handle a $3 guy. They're going to handle guys for 1000 5000 10000 And sometimes that'll point me in the right direction as well. Okay? Got it. Okay, Donna is our next caller. She's calling from Tweed, and she has a coin that she's curious about. Donna, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. What do you have? I was metal detecting on the beach in Florida. Nice. <laughs> Turtle Beach. Okay. Which is very famous for finding artifacts from the 1715th fleet mm-hmm. that sunk off the coast of Florida. Okay. And I came across a encrusted piece of looks like a rock. Okay. And I had I I I I do know Mel Fisher's granddaughter in Florida and I had her clean it up and give it to me. It's 26 grams of solid silver. Okay. And it is a coin from the Mexico Mint from from one of the ships that sunk off the coast of Florida. Not hmm. okay. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that there now. I don't like the idea that it was cleaned even professionally, but uh, that's one thing I'm going to tell everyone out there just to start. Whenever you found your coins in your basement, it looks like they're brown and and whatever. Please do never clean them before you bring them to me. If uh, if there is a numismatic value, um, that sometimes will take away from it. I had a gentleman who had a coin worth a hundred thousand until he cleaned it, and then it was worth five thousand. Oh. And hard to sell at 5000 okay? I'm just saying that as a piece of advice to people because the first thing, if you're, you're, if you're anything like my wife, she hates anything dirty, she'll clean anything. <laughs> I mean clean anything. And, uh, and, but it's bad when people do that and they say, well, I, you know, it's almost, I don't want someone seeing, thinking I have dirty coins. Um, yeah, you, got, you should not clean them. But if it was professionally cleaned, if it's, it looks like a piece of eight or something like that, some of those pieces, because there is a lot of them found, they're between uh-huh. 20 and $150 usually, uh, depending on which mint it's out of or how badly, uh, um, how much of the coin is still there. It's still, no, it'll be worth more than that because it's silver. It's going to be almost pure silver. It'll be uh, coin silver, 90%. 
It's going to be almost two-thirds of an ounce of silver. So it's fifteen, sixteen dollars yeah. just in silver. Is there a year on it? Is there any way to tell yeah. the era? They did tell me that it was from the seventeen fifteen fleet and the Mexico mint, and it's it, you can actually it's very well defined. Okay, mm. told me it was a really good coin, and to hang on to it, she said. <laughs> on the downside, that's not even old for Mexico. I believe Mexico yeah. has the oldest mint in North America or the Americas. Yeah. Like back to the 1500s or sorry. Yeah. The, yeah. I think the mid, the mid 1500s, something like that. So it's not even a particularly old coin for Mexico, but probably still worth a ton of money. Yeah. 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 It's still a nice she's, story she's, to find it. Yeah. It was kind of cool. She told me to, if I wanted to get it, uh, you know, they, the Mel Fisher Museum will appraise them and put their authenticity on it. But it would cost me $180 to do that. You have. Okay. Well, that's, so I'm wondering yeah, that, if it's worth it. They, no, well, it's a great trophy for you. By the way, how much was the metal detector that you used? Uh, well, it was just a Tesoro, so it was about $300 metal detector. Okay, <laughs> okay so you're halfway to paying it off just with that one coin. That's good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice piece. A week before I was there, a little girl, 11-year-old girl, went up, uh, one, found $100,000 worth of emeralds on the same beach. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So it's pretty cool down there. <laughs> no, it's pretty hot down there. We're cool up here. Yeah. Well, it's not too hot down there. We're just talking to my parents. It's only 52 degrees today. <laughs> uh, so I'd take 52 in a heartbeat right now. But you know so what? <laughs> you're from Tweed. You didn't do any metal detecting on that beach in Tweed, along that lake there. We used to Which? stop, Bogart and I and, and my wife and with the other two kids, used to stop there. We used to go up to Ottawa, where, the, where she was from, and that was our halfway point. We used to always spend an hour at that, the gas, gas up there and go to that lake that was Buffalo in Tweed. <laughs> no, it was, just a nice, it was just nice and pleasant. It was like a yeah, ritual yeah. for us. Yeah, okay. it's a nice town. Yes. Thank okay, you. Okay, all right. Uh, we're coming up on a quick break. We want to get to as many calls as we can before the top of the hour. You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We are live this New Year's Eve, and I should take the time to say you might as well leave us on because we're doing a whole New Year's Eve party on our radio right through to midnight. It'd be, the party begins at 7 p.m., so you want to stay with us. But in the meantime, we're talking about old antiques and gold and silvery silver and fine china our number if you want to be uh, on the show and ask about a rare item that you have or an interesting item that you have find out its true value talk to paul kenny and his son bogart kenny our phone number is 416-360-0740 that's 416-360-0740 our next caller is lucille calling from wasega beach and she has a beer stein how are you lucille i'm fine thanks how are you not bad. Tell us about this stein. Okay, it's um, 13 inches tall, 3 okay. inches across the top and 5 at the bottom. A large handle on it. Now, it has a lot of carving. Um, it's, carving? It appears to be a, well, it's whatever is it? it is on it. It's like a village scene with a couple of houses and a man riding a horse, waving at a child. and um, A lot of so, cobalt? And now, when you say carving, is it made out of wood or is it made no, out of po- no, pottery? It's ceramic. I guess ceramic. I don't know how they make that. It'll be molded, okay. It'll be molded, okay. Yep. Now, on the bottom, it says um, 3251. Yep. 7C, made in Germany. Okay, now that'll be then, that's probably 1930s, okay? And uh, now, can you, when you look in the bottom, you, it's got a metal top? Has it got which? Metal top? No. 
No top. Okay. If you're taking it, hold it up to the light. Is there? Can you see through the bottom, or is it just opaque? Oh, no, you can't see anything at all. Okay. On these steins, depending on the manufacturer, just made in Germany is not going to be good. You're going to need what we call a touch mark or a maker's mark on it somewhere because certain brands are made by certain factories just like you have Tiffany or uh, – um, uh, you know, a good brand name, you you need someone who made it to give it its increased value. We just made in Germany, it'll probably be one made of 50 different factories there just for export, okay? okay and they're 50 top. to $100, $50 to $100 depending on the scenes. Okay. And if you can name down the factory even more so, uh, some will go up to four and $500. Now, because it's made in Germany, we know it's not very, very early, okay? It'll be after 1920, before 1939, um, in it, but if it was, if it was, uh, uh, we want it to be made. We want to just say um, made in means it's after that part. We want to have more of a factory name from the eighteen hundreds to be worth money because they've made these from the seventeen hundreds on. Okay. No, there's nothing like that at all on it. The Germans like their beer. They make good <laughs> beer. I okay. think I saw this one of these on the student prints that old movie with Mario Lanza in it. But on the top rim it says two T or two. D. Two liters. Oh, two liters, okay. Maybe. I'm just trying because yeah, on the probably, size. Yeah, because it's quite, uh, got a big, long saying on it. I have no idea what it says. That might help identify it. Um, uh, like I say, the Germans... Trying to make it out. Yeah. Okay. Or you can send me on a picture. Bogart and I were over, we were over at Oktoberfest. I think that should be on everyone's bucket list. Mm-hmm, been they, there. Oh, did you? Enjoy it. You yeah. know when you're in the right place when they nail the chairs and the, and the tables to the floor, right? <laughs> Everyone having a lot of fun. Yeah. If you send funny. me off a picture, I'll take a look at it. It might help me that way. My wife will read the German to me, and uh, we'll find out from there. Okay. I'm sorry I can't give you more That's definitive okay. value without uh, knowing the manufacturers. like, you know, the difference between a Datsun and a Rolls Royce. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm sure they're quite common, too. Lucille, thank you for your phone call. Thank uh, you very much. We're coming up to a break. Our phone number, if you have an old stack of newspapers or stamps or comic books, if you if you want to get somebody to give you a free assessment of what that uh, might be worth, maybe old gold and silver jewelry, a vintage watch, old sunglasses, who knows? Anything you have lying around the house that you think might have a special value, you can call this show and get a free assessment from Paul Kenny and his son, Bogart Kenny. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. But Paul, you seem to be a little bit of an aficionado with beer steins. You know, like <laughs> so many people have old steins around their house. How, what are some of the things, you're talking about clear versus opaque bottom, and, and you said if it says made in Germany, you, you know, obviously it's before World War II or somewhere in that era. Give us sort of the ins and outs of what you should know if you have beer steins, how do you see if they're valuable? A lot of the times they'll have a scene in the bottom, and that'll be like, um, it, it, you can see a scene, and usually be a naughty scene, like be a risque scene. Okay, those are very collectible. And um, or if it'll be by a certain maker, it has to be a good maker or a certain age because people do collect them, but it's more over there than over here. Uh, they were again. It's a case of where something was collectible and ruined by the uh, the new market. It was it was seen like they were worth fifty, a hundred, two hundred dollars in nineteen forties, fifty, sixties, and then some of these new companies come and make them almost as good, and they make them for thirteen dollars or made in China or something like that, and they almost wreck the markets. Um, the steins are 
Um, I think that beer will continue to be um, enjoyed around the world and people continue to collect it. And uh, I wish I'd give a little bit more information, but it's just one of those markets that um, it's like the alcohol market, the advertising market. If you have a stein that has advertising on it, that's worth money because the person who has who collects steins won't have that. They'll make it for a, a small convention or something like that. Or if you have a stein because of their porcelain, because of uh, being involved with alcohol, sometimes they don't. They slip off the table and they break. So, there are people are interesting. Looking, yeah. Well, I mean, just. It's it's not like something is made out of cast iron where it's going to last forever unless you melt it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so every stein is its own problem and manufacturer issues are all different, but there is some history there. Okay, yeah. more complicated than I thought to explain to people very quickly. Yeah. Uh, our phone number, 416-360-0740. You're listening to Consignment Heroes. We're live, and more of your calls when we return. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We are live this New Year's Eve, taking your calls about your antiques and collectibles. Whether you have gold, silver, fine china, figurines, sports cards, or memorabilia, antique TVs, record players, radios, toys, jewelry, anything, you can call in with any item you have and get a free assessment on the phone. From two TV stars and, uh, and, and two guys that have found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, specifically identifying value that other people overlook. You know them from Storage Wars Canada and Northern Treasures. And of course, this show, Paul Kenny and Bogart Kenny. Our next caller is Edith. Edith, how are you? <laughs> how hey, are Edith? You? Oh, we're yeah. good. How are you? And what good. do you have? Good. Um, I have a Life magazine. Um, and inside, there's a baseball card with Mickey Mantle on it. Yep. Uh, and Roger Maris. Pardon? And Roger Maris. No, it's just a, a... Oh, you just have the one? Okay. It's it's never been removed from the book, and it's like new. Yeah, it's so, Elizabeth Taylor um, issue? Uh, yes, Elizabeth Taylor and her husband are on the front. 19, yeah, uh, Burton. <laughs> right. And it's... Um, he knows all of this from the card. Wow. Yeah, yeah it, the, Mac, the Mantle card, there's five. This, is for the, this was an advertisement for Post Serial in 1962. Um, they were put out in, in the United States in 61, and then in 62 we had it up here. This is an interesting set in that it sets out for around $2,000. The mantle card, yeah, if it comes off the back of the cereal, uh, there are four different ones. Um, they go, they about $400, between two and $400. The one you have there is between 50 and $100. Uh, if it's still intact in the magazine, that actually helps its value. It is. It's never been. Yeah. This was um, a set, which is um, some of the ones that are the mantle. There's some of the ones that are hard to get are the ones that are not on sugar pop. Say it was on a weird cereal and they had a certain uh, pack like um, Tito Francona is worth $200. He's not a star or anything, but he was on a really lousy cereal. Can I say lousy? Yeah. He was on a really a cereal that no, nobody bought. That's the best way to put it. Where if somebody was on, say, uh, post-sugar pops, um, everyone has those cards all the time. But going back to your ser- your question here, this set has about 200 cards in it, and your card there between a, between 50 and $150. Mm. Keep it. Do not take it out of the magazine. No, I haven't touched it. <laughs> yeah. It is probably, besides the number one issue, the most valuable uh, life magazine that there is. Okay. And Edith, how did you end up with this? Are you a big Mantle fan or something? No, I just picked up some Life magazines, a whole bunch of them, and took them home. I thought I'd like to look through them. <laughs> so you're right. into this thing for no money, essentially. Right, yeah. Oh, great. 
Now, I think in the back of that one, there's a big article about Marilyn Monroe. Did you have you seen the magazine? Oh, I, I know the magazine. Marilyn Monroe. She was a size 16. No one knows that. Um, but she's yeah. in the same copy, eh? Yeah. Wow. But I think they, they were making a movie or so. I haven't got the magazine in front of me, but I remember that they were making a movie with her, and there's some really good shots of her in the back, but I don't know. I think that was her last movie. Uh, it could have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Right. But, so, so it's got some crossover value. You got some Maryland <laughs> items, you got a Mickey Mantle right, item all in yeah. one magazine that you paid nothing for. That's pretty right. good. Nice yeah. piece. The well, other magazines you. are worthwhile, or some of the Beatle magazines. And um, and some of the other covers that Mantle's on the cover and people like that, but this one here that you've got is definitely the best one with the insert in it, like that. Oh, okay. Well, I'll hang on to it for a while. No, no, Paul, no. What are the I odds want that somebody in? finds Paul. What are the odds someone finds this that's been unclaimed? I mean, is is this that rare or no? They do. No, Life magazine had a lot, but a lot of people obviously would um, they throw out their magazine at the end of the week. The other thing would be that uh, they rip the card out. Um, and gave it to their kid, and, uh, or sort of their child, and he uh, pasted it into a book, so that wrecked that card. Uh, the idea of having it, this is like finding something in an unopened package. You've, it's intact. It's how it was made that day. And this is what makes things, people are always after the, the best stuff. Mm-hmm. And a person who has the, enti- has the whole set, this would be uh, the best piece to have. This would be the topping to put on his collection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Edith, thanks for your phone call. Okay. Wait a minute, I want to talk her into selling this to me. Okay, go on. Oh, next Edith, call. sell it to Paul. <laughs> okay, thanks. Well, if I ever get to Toronto, I will. <laughs> okay, thank you, you very much. You don't need to much. come. You can just mail it to him. Yeah. That's oh, nice of you okay. to send. Thank you. Thanks. If you could pay for the postage. Is that okay. also what you want, Paul? I'm working for you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I will. Thank you. We're going to jump over to Bob in Caledon. Bob has some sort of building set he's curious about. Bob, how are you? Hey, Bob. Hello. Hey, what do you got, man? How are you? I'm very good. I have a building set that my parents bought me when I might have been about eight years old. I can't remember. I think from my first birthday they built, but you know, bought me blocks to build or something to build, and they bought me this set. And I can't remember. I maybe eight years old. It was called Bayco. Who? Bayco. B a y k o. And it was made out of Bakelite product, which is something like a plastic or a hard stuff okay and it's an english firm oh Mm. that may be why b-a-c-b-a-k-o b-a-y b-a-y k-o see sometimes they don't have the distributing over here right and this is what makes a difference it was distributed by plimpton company i think in england and then it was later bought out by meccano Okay. Oh, interesting. That'll help it. But what happens if they don't have distribution in the United States, and that's where sometimes the markets are formed on these, and it might have been something they would have shipped one ship. Sometimes they'll ship one shipment over here, okay? And there's no, for one Christmas, and it doesn't sell as well, and it's closed out, and they don't ship it again, so you don't have the collectors, okay? I'm trying to find out. This is... I'm looking right Actually, Paul, now. this rings a bell. Remember some guy called in, and he had, like, the Japanese version of Meccano from, like, the 50s or 60s. And yeah. he said, yeah, you sell it back to Japan. That's who's going to, you know, those are the people that want to recapture their childhood, the yeah. Japanese products. So the Meccano sets are probably more popular here than vice versa. 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah. on this one here, this would be taken out. There was a the little Lego, not Lego, but there's another hard plastic blocks because they were all trying to take off um, um, house building. And, and, you know, I remember the ones with the little girders and little plastic sheets, you know, this, that you made yeah. skyscrapers this, out of. That was the one I had. This came in three different sizes. It came in a zero, a one, a two, and a three set, like the, the more parts you got. And they bought me a, a number one set, which had... And it came with a, a brochure, a catalog of all the pieces, buildings you could make with it, and, and diagrams of how to build it. And then the next, I guess I had so much fun with it, the next year they, built, they bought me a number two set. Okay. Which was, uh, had more parts, you know, different yep, yep. Type, you know, more types of a roof and stuff like that. And then the next year, uh, they bought me a 2X set. And what it, the 2X set meant that, uh, the number three set was better than the two, but the two X gave you the extra parts to make a three. So basically, I okay, I okay, okay, we get it. I got You're it. swimming in this stuff. You're okay. swimming. We get it. We get it. Fifty dollars, approximately fifty dollars for your two X. I'm seeing, and the threes are worth about a hundred, which actually surprises me. And it's mainly if it's complete and in the box. Yeah, okay. so I still got the original boxes. I still got the original brochures. They're oh. in pretty good shape, although they've been in my basement. They got a bit. Uh, damp or moldy, right? So I had to take the boxes good. up, but I still have them all. Do you have any comics from that same basement? No. Ah, rats. Okay. I have to go on because I want to get a couple notes on for this week of a couple things. We're going to take one more call, I think, but I want to actually go and say what the prices of silver are this week because I know people are, are having to pay their bills, and if even if they're going somewhere else, I want to make sure the people who have 10-carat gold know they get at least $19.74 a carat, a gram. If they have 14 carat, I want to know that they're getting $27.64 a gram. If they got 18 carat, I want to know they're getting $35 a gram from us. Anyone who's willing to pay you more less than that, you should not sell it to them. And if you're selling your dollars, we're paying $11 per dollar. Silver dollars. Per silver dollar. Right. And I'm, I'm saying this, I want to get, sometimes we run out of show before I get to say this, and people mm. say that I didn't know this is what you were paying. And I'm saying this is what we're paying. We're, you can phone us up. We're not like the other shops. Well, they come on in and we'll tell you what we're paying now. You can phone us up and ask us what we're paying at that moment because if the price goes up, we pay more. Price goes down, we pay less. But I want people to know that. Plus, I want people to know that we are now, even though Bogart and I, we don't strike you as the people who would be buying purses, we are now buying purses because we found out that an Hermes purse went for $175,000. And yes. we know, so we said we have to learn about purses and we, we will find out, we'll, we have other people who can tell us if they're real or not. The big thing is if they're real or not. But I don't want people selling a $175,000 purse for $100. You know what I mean? Fair so, enough. I think Hermes, they've used some rare animals, their skin for the purses, and I think they got into some trouble in the last couple of years for that. They're but still yeah, worth I mean, Hermes bags. Yeah, generally thirty grand. For 175000 you can call me trouble. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> so that politically correct. you're in the handbag correct. business now. Is that what we you're are, saying? So. We are now in the handbag business, and um, I don't care what people think of us. How's that? I well, do. Well, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of women, they have, you know, bags, $1,000, $2,000 just stacked up in their closet over the years. You know what yeah. I mean? It's the vintage bags. What are you going to do with them? If they're in good condition, that's well. That's what I'm saying. That at least, and this is the case. Get two choices. Even if we give come to us and someone offers you more, sell it to them. But at least give us a chance to uh, give you a price on it if you're selling one of these, or or help authenticate it. This is what we want to be able to do as well. And people, 
Uh, they have these things, and, and a, just because it's 35 years old, people are willing to buy the vintage stuff. You know what I mean? And it, 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 even $1,000 can change your Christmas or your New, new Year's. It's yes, better, it can. It's better than $25, you know. Okay. We got to hit the road. Paul Kenny, Bogart Kenny, you know them from Storage Wars Canada and Northern Treasures. You can visit their store during regular working week hours. They're on Young Street in Richmond Hill. The actual address is 10341 Young Street. That's 10341 Young Street. You can call them at the store. The number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-GOLD. Special thanks to show producer Sebastian Hearn. Happy New Year, everybody. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.